Welcome to the Home Hour. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Graham. We're two moms aspiring to create elegant spaces and gracious homes while dealing with real life schedules, budgets, and children. Stick with us and we'll share and show what we know, what we've learned, where we've messed up, and how to fix it. For everything we can't make up, we'll bring in the best experts we can find. On today's episode, we're cleaning out our closets. We sit down with Rachel Rosenthal, owner and founder of Rachel and Company. We'll talk about decluttering and casting off the extras in our closet. Did you ever think that what you're holding on to could actually be holding you back. Plus, we talk about how to organize your kids for back to school, the ghost of rehearsal dinner dresses past, and why it's okay to hold on to your Cinco de Mayo poncho. All that and more on this episode of the Home Hour. Welcome home. Kirsten, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Welcome home. Welcome home, Graham, and welcome to the home, everyone. Thanks. This is exciting. We've got a nice day ahead of us, but first we wanted to give a shout out to our sponsor. We have been sponsored again by Kind Bars, and so Kind has offered a really neat um, program for us. Kirsten and I both eat Kind Bars. We love them. I think I mentioned on last week's episode that I tried the Jalapeno Almond Bar, and she's a big fan of the dark chocolate and sea salt because Kirsten loves Mm -hmm. everything that has salt in it. Um, But Kind Bar has given us a wonderful opportunity for our listeners. It's been really popular across our entire network. And basically, that's just to go to kindsnacks.com forward slash the home hour. And what they're giving our listeners is an opportunity to sample Kind Snacks for free. You'll get a box of Kind Snacks delivered to your door. And all you have to do is pay shipping. So if you think you might want to try some delicious flavors or just kind of a variety pack, if that might be something that's kind of fun for the new school year or just something for your spouse to try or just something new for you to try, go to kindsnacks.com forward slash the home hour. And all you have to do is pay the shipping price and you'll get a box of 10 different kind bars delivered right to your door. So thanks for listening and we hope you give it a try. Yes, I have definitely become a kind bar addict. So uh, you got to give it a try. The sample pack's a great way to um, to try a bunch of new flavors. So uh, again, thank you kind bar for your sponsorship. And again, it's kindsnacks.com forward slash the home hour to get all of the details. All right. Thank you, Kind Bars. Moving on to our show today, Graham. What are we talking about? Remind me. We've got Rachel from Rachel and Company, and she... (laughs) I'm kidding about remind me. I'm excited to talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) I loved Rachel. She was hilarious. She was cracking us up the whole time. So basically, yeah, just decluttering and keeping things kind of clean. But I think it was really neat that we got to focus on closets, which was definitely timely because I don't know about you, but today is day one of school. My kids are finally back in school. And I think that's like when I think that's what moms kind of almost go to is like we go straight to the closets, right? It's like everything from summer needs to be swept out. We need to bring in fall. Right. A little behind the scenes here. Last week, we sort of did our back to school episode. But the truth is, you were on vacation. Your kids weren't back at school. Mine have been back at school five minutes. I feel like this is so much more officially like we are in our homes. Summer is done. Close the books. Um, we taped this episode with Rachel back in July. So we'd have it ready. And because we, we, we also touch a little bit later on some back to school ideas for getting kids organized. Um, but uh, I was listening to it last night. And I have to say, I forgot how pathetic I am in this episode because I really just admit that I am like a clothes hoarder and they're not really great clothes I just admitted that I have a really hard time uh, getting rid of clothes and we truthfully did not intend to spend the entire episode talking about closets but we just couldn't we couldn't leave that topic because there was so much to say about uh, how I guess poorly managed how poorly we are managing our closet situations 
Well, I have to say, so Kirsten, I'll just kind of out you a little bit on your closet since I've seen it. And then you, I'll let you come out of the closet on this one. Um, so I've visited your home and I've seen your closet many times. And um, I always kind of find it impressive, right? Because I am actually not a very big shopper. Um, but I feel like you are always, you know, you'll find deals and you're a good bargain hunter. But you also have a bunch of just really fun, great clothes. And like, you're just a good shopper. Um, and I, I guess in my mind, I'm someone who tries to at least give away clothes with like decent regularity or donate them or whatever. But you, I'll go into, I'll always hear, you know, you always have some new cute outfit on in a picture, or, you know, you're always looking like current and up to date, but then I'll go into your closet and it'll be things like, oh, I remember the skirt from college or I remember, you know, when your sister-in-law, you know, gave you all those shoes. And so you are a holder onto, I mean, it's like going through time travel with you and your closet. No, I really do. Like there are things I definitely remember packing up to bring to college. So we're talking 1997, 1998. Like that's a long time. And a lot of clothes I don't get rid of until there is like a hole. You know what I mean? And a hole that like I can't patch. I don't know. I was challenged in this episode, but I, I have to fully admit I haven't thrown anything. Well, no, I've thrown a little bit away, but I haven't done the full renovation that she suggested. Um, but I would love Okay, to because I want to tell you, I actually did. You did. I got rid of I got rid of fifty-five pieces of clothing, which no. I'm embarrassed to say, and it kind of shows like how we all have probably more than we need. It didn't make a dent. I mean, I honestly think I could go through and I mean, I'm not saying, oh, I've got, I mean, some of it's just junk, obviously, but I mean, 55 pieces. I didn't let myself stop until I took out 55 pieces. Where did you? And it doesn't. And, and, oh, well, honestly. So, OK, I was going to consign them, but I feel like you never make any good money consigning things. And it just takes so much time. So I just took a big tax write off. <laughs> Is that bad? No, it's not bad. Sometimes consigning hurts my feelings because so often they dismiss like 98.7% of my clothing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I've gotten busted so many times. I've been told so many times that I have marinara sauce on my clothes. And finally, I'm just like, fine. If you don't want my stuff, somebody else will. <laughs> Oh, Where stuff well. is yellow. So, well, Rachel is really exciting. She has been in many publications across the country. But I think one of the reasons that we asked her to be on the show is we, many of her clients, she's based up kind of in the DC metro area, and many of her clients are living in smaller spaces, right? So they have to be incredibly judicious about what they keep and what they bring into the, their spaces. And so a lot of our listeners have written in saying, like, not only, I mean, I think decluttering is so popular right now. It's such just a big concept of living on less and doing more with less. But I think also we have to remember there's people who have actual very, very, and, and us in certain respects have limited space to keep things. And so Rachel is really good about main, main kind of being very thoughtful and deliberate about what she kind of allows to come into a home. Yeah, she was great. And one of the other things I liked about her is her website has um, some options for people who aren't located by her. You could still, like she does workshops and stuff. So her website is rachel-company.com. And I, we will, of course, link to all of that on the show notes. But um, without further ado, Graham, I think we should let our listeners be inspired to clean their closets in the same way that you were. And that I will too someday, I promise. <laughs> Can't wait. We're back now with Rachel Rosenthal of Rachel and Company. Rachel, welcome to the Home Hour. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be welcome, here. Rachel. Oh. We're thrilled. 
Yeah, well, we've got plenty of questions to ask you. We get so many emails on home organization um, that every time we get to talk to someone like you, we are just so excited. And um, we also get a lot of emails specifically from people who are living in apartments or they're living abroad or in a smaller space. And that, I think, is a, is a special kind of um, organiza- organizational challenge. Um, should we start there? That, that works. It's, it is a challenge. I think people have to be a little bit more creative in those spaces because there is less space. And so it's, you know, it's like any other space that I, I work with people on. But first and foremost, I tell people, you kind of have to begin with the notion and let go that everything is going to be perfect all the time. I don't know if that resonates with you guys, but I mean, you just have to make sure you don't have this notion of everything is going to be color coded all the time, you know, to your heart's content, your children were put everything you know where it's supposed to go on a daily basis and life will be quote-unquote perfect um because i just think that's just unrealistic um but you know organizing that is yeah true i i was just i have an open closet and i don't know why i thought i was like oprah and i just had you know my tan clothes and then my peach clothes no it's like a mishmash and it it just it looks no it's looking at it's depressing but yeah um, I like I like that. Well, yeah. that's not true. There's nothing depressing about looking at Kirsten's closet because it's basically <laughs> all Lily Pulitzer clothing, and it's like you're assaulted by color when you look into it. So I mean, it's you just unbelievable amounts of color, word, but not perfect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can have that, and people do have that, and I'm not judging for people who do have that, but it takes a lot of upkeep, I find. And so, for the most part, I say that getting organized and being organized is so that you can empower yourself to kind of spend time on the things that you want to spend time on where, you know, work, family, whatever it is, yourself, a hobby. But I think that getting organized and putting these systems in place, especially in a small place, is so that you can function better and live your life how else you want to live it, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Okay, so walk us through. I mean, so the last place I lived in was very small. It was actually a D.C. townhouse. And, I mean, we were renting, but I remember being a renter and saying to myself, okay, Graham, like, you know, I think a lot of people do this where you, you know, when you're renting, you say, if this is my home someday this is how I would do it this is how it would be um, even I knew where I would put shelves and hooks and hangers and just make every little tiny micro inch of the apartment work when you walk in because you're doing a lot of DC I'm assuming based or kind of DC in the exurb area what what are your first things because you really are working in smaller spaces yes and so any major you know city or even a smaller home um, you have to think about your space confinements and start with decluttering. And I know people are going to go, oh, I don't want to start it. It's the hardest step, but it is the most important step. So we all have too much stuff. I mean, even I, as a professional organizer and mom of two, I do this on a daily basis, but it's stuff that doesn't fit. It's stuff that doesn't uh, work with our lifestyle now or represent how we want to feel today versus sort of in the past. Stuff that doesn't bring you you know, joy or make you happy when you look at it. Um, or just stuff that sort of represents so much negative emotion you know, um, maybe it's you're more overweight or you've had a child or just anything um, and you don't fit into it uh, or it's okay, so I'm, from I'm an pausing, ex-boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a good one. An ex-boyfriend. Yeah, I say definitely chuck <laughs> all that stuff. No question. That's an easy that's an easy out. But like, let's talk about that, because I felt like when I had my children and I wasn't back in my pre maternity clothes, what would you I mean, what would you say to do? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think my natural inclination was like, of 
course I'm going to save these because I'm clearly going to be back in these, which I don't know if that was 100% true, but that was at least my goal. You're saying chuck it? I mean, I'm saying look at it. And so I used to work with a woman, Stacey London. I don't know if you guys know her from What Not to Wear. And she said, dress for your body type now. And I would say, but I just had twins and I'm going to get back into this. And she's like, let it go. You can get money for that clothing. And even if you get down to that pre-baby weight, are you going to put that piece of clothing back on? I can't answer that for you, but maybe there is one out of the five things that you really love and you are going to get to it, but maybe not have that right in front of your closet. And can you put that under a bed in a storage box? Can you put that in the back of your closet? Can it go somewhere else that it's not sitting in the front of your closet, reminding you of the fact that you are not at that pre-baby weight? Does that okay. make sense? I, yeah, no, I mean, I respect I'm it. I think it's hard. <laughs> it is hard. It's yeah, hard. It's hard. It is I'm hard. I'm standing in my closet. Well, I'm in my closet right now. That's where I tape, which is yeah. that's a whole other story. But it's the most carpeted. But I'm standing here looking at the dress I wore to my rehearsal dinner. And, like, is there any time in your entire life you're skinnier than the day before your wedding? <laughs> I'm going to venture like and say I mean, no. I can't. Yeah. I can't zip it up. But honestly, like, maybe this is crazy. Maybe this is, like, basically just, you know, uh, an intervention for me. And everyone else is just going to have to sit through it. But um, do you think my daughter's going to wear this? Because I think she is. Is that, am I lying? Okay. No, I mean, <laughs> she might. I don't want to say she won't. Um, but can it get, Should we can call it be, her? <laughs> can you take she's it out four. of your closet? Right. She's four. So we are going to have to hold it until she can get, if, if she gets that size, right? So there's all these but and, and future factors. So I would first and foremost, take it out of your closet so that when you're looking at it, you're not going, oh my gosh, I was so skinny and that's the skinniest ever was and I'm going to get back to it and I can't sip it and all these sort of negative emotions right which yeah, are attached yeah, to that yeah. physical thing and so if it can come out of your closet and go and you have the luxury of having another space to put it right now then I would say okay hold on to it but just don't have it front and center because I don't think a lot of people realize there's so much emotional attachment to our physical things and that's from paper, that's to clothing, that's to the picture frame that your, you know, mother-in-law gave you that you don't love, but you, you know, there is so much emotional attachment to our physical clutter that I don't love the fact that that physical thing is creating emotional clutter for you. So let's take it out. Let's declutter it from the closet and think about where it can go in the meantime. I start there. I, you know what? I'm realizing this is so crazy that I'm holding on to this dress. It is really pretty, though. Uh, okay. It's a and memory, Rachel, that might, right? Yeah. It's a memory. That might be a hard place to start. Okay, yeah, but here's another example. Skinny. I'm yeah. just pretending you're here in our house. Like we're using this episode yeah. obviously for our own self gain, but we really like these to go more like a fun phone call with a dear friend where we yes. get advice. Where we get advice for free. Um, no, but <laughs> so I just moved a bunch of baby because you're you're asking questions. I, I'm asking questions. I'm hoping other people are doing moved like a high chair up to my attic and, you know, a pack and play because my children are out of that stage. But I definitely in the back of my mind thought, well, I'm going to need this for my grandchildren someday. And I know your, are your eyes rolling? I bet they are somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> There's rolling eyes in Bethesda, you know, and likely, I mean, I remember my parents breaking out their car seat that they had saved from 1984 when I had my first son and I looked at it and I said, I don't really think that's a 
car seat. I think that's a booster seat, you know, that you right. use at McDonald's. You know? So should I just get rid of all that stuff? I mean, I think you can. There are options when you say get rid of it, because, again, these are sentimental things, right? We're holding on to it. You obviously have the space in your attic, or I'm thinking you have the space because it's up there. And so the question is... If you hold on to it and it becomes one of those things, maybe it's not going to be safe, like you were talking about the car seat, you know, which your parents saved. Is it going to be, you know, are they going to want it? Or are you just going to be taking up space in your current home, holding things that are the question marks out there? And it's not like a piece of baby clothing that you can put into a bin. Those are large items. And so is there still value in them for someone else right now? Can you donate it and get the tax donation? Can you consign it and get some money? Do you want to give it to someone else? I don't know if there's, I'm sure there's charities around there that work with children. You have to sort of ask yourselves all these questions. And this is why decluttering is the hardest thing. Because a lot of the times we hold on to it because we have the space and an apartment or a smaller home, that's a lot harder. So you're having to make these decisions or you should be making these decisions more often, if that's what makes but sense. Does you're making a very strong point. Yeah, because we've never been in a better time for recycling and upcycling and consignment. And we have so many local blogs here where people are buying this stuff that there's money in a lot of things in our home. Um, and I think people don't, or maybe I don't, look at it as, let me kind of see what I can make off this stuff. It doesn't just have to go in the trash bin. I mean, some of these are things that other we could profit off of. Well, and especially um, those that are like emotional, that. right? And so, um, or a, a profit it off it in a way that you know that you're doing good for someone else, for a local women's shelter that, you know, doesn't necessarily have high chairs. There's other ways to sort of fulfill your, I say, loss in when you're letting go of something that doesn't work for your home and your lifestyle now. You know, there are a lot of people that are like, what? Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to I think that is, you hit on such a great point because, um, the baby stuff is really hard to get rid of. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, there's always that, should we have another baby? Should we have another baby? So that's one part of it. Then the other part is like, those were my babies. And it's really hard. And what you said about finding a charity, there's a charity here locally in Phoenix that, that gives these um, things to, to single teen moms. Mm -hmm. And they like make them go to like parenting classes and they earn money, like fake money to buy these things in the store. And like knowing that like, okay, a single teen mom is going to have this opportunity. Like that's the only way I would have gotten of the stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, except Kirsten's totally screwed herself because she puts a monogram on anything that stands still. So <laughs> <laughs> she can't donate so anything because so all her stuff is labeled. Baby named AGD is going to be thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, wait, we're bringing us back onto topic. So you walk into a space, Rachel and Co. shows up. Yes. What is the first thing you tackle? You walk into Kirsten's home. Are you going to immediately get rid of her rehearsal dinner dress? Or are you going to go up into my attic? Tell me what your first move is. Well, our first move is dependent on what our client wants to do. So if you're telling me I want to tackle my closet, it's been very hard for me to do on my own, then we're going to look at your closet. And I'm going to say, okay, what is your ideal goal? And people will say, I don't know. Or they're going to say, I have a Pinterest board and this is what I want it to look like. So it runs the gamut. And then I'm going to look at the space and say, all right, how can we create a system, number one, so that you can function better and we get you to your goal of whatever it is, decluttering your closet, making sure that you can grab what you want to, I'm just using the closet as an example, making sure you can get dressed easier in the morning because you got to run out to get the kids off to school um, and then get to work or whatever it is. And then I'm going to look at the actual measurement of the space and say, what can we do? Um, if it's a rental, for example, I'm not going to obviously do anything that we can't remove or that's heavy construction or that 
cost a ton because that person might not be there, obviously, for the long haul. So I'm going to look at that all, and then we're going to talk about the aesthetics of what they want to do, and we're going to start to decluttering. Because uh, once that decluttering process is done, which is by far the hardest step, I'm going to use those measurements and use your ideal of what how you want it to look aesthetically, and I'm going to create a system and use bins if they're necessary, or hangers if they're necessary, but I want it to be what you want to look at and your aesthetic that you're trying to match, if that, that makes sense. Because it's not necessarily about the pretty bins or color coding, which we do, um, but that is sort of the last step to things because products are not always the answer to the organizing system. They just aid us in that organization. Um, if that if is resident. Talk about, yeah, yeah of course. I feel like I keep hearing. Yeah, I, I heard that from... Talk about the color coding, because I don't know if we've touched on that before. I fully okay. understand that. So a lot of people, when they're looking at a closet, um, everyone's different. But a lot of the times I say... Color coding just helps you get dressed easier because, oh, all my white shirts are here. We use the rainbow. We use Roy G. Biv. It's like we're little kids in school, but it's the rainbow of <laughs> red, orange, yellow, green, blue. People sometimes love it because, okay, I can see my you know white shirt and my red shirt and whatever, um, but it's also harder sometimes for people to keep up because their dry cleaning comes in or their laundry comes out of the you know um, washer and dryer, and it's harder for them to keep up. Other people, it's easier because you see, here's how my clothes should go. I, I know the rainbow. But the most important thing is categorizing your clothing. And I always ask people, what do you wear on a daily basis? And that's the Monday through Friday. Are you having to be business casual? If so, and you wear you know, separates, do outfits need to be together? And is it easier to group them that way? Is it easier to group you know, all my blouses um, by color and my Lululemon pants, you know, by a different color. That sort of thing is, is when we talk about color coding. But it's how you are best going to function in your closet. And I do have to remind people that there are only seven days in a week. And I don't know if people are wearing the same sort of thing, you know, Monday through Friday and then on the weekend. But it is a good reminder sometimes that we don't necessarily need everything we have. And a statistic we use every single day is you only wear 20% of your clothing 80% of the time. So that's true. I have my work horses that I wear. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a white button down and jeans kind of girl. And I just that's pull great. the same stuff out all the time. And I mean, I'm just not very creative, but it's my uniform it works. and I like it. Yeah. And it yeah. works and, or khaki shorts, um, less decisions, less decisions. People yeah. have decision fatigue. It's like, do I wear the red? Do I wear the red? You know, it's, it's a lot. And we're making decisions, little decisions every day. And people don't realize um, that, but you've got those jeans that fit, that look good on you. You're probably going to go to those first and you're going to go to them a hundred times versus the jeans in the back that you wore before you had children <laughs> that are still in the back. Right. That hurt it's my like stomach Steve and a little Jobs. bit of fat hangs right. over the I top. Mean, right. If my closet looked better, like I would have invented the iPhone, but I don't. I have to look at Pulitzer You just have to choose between lily bullets or sundresses all day. <laughs> right. And that's why I didn't invent Apple. So, you know, these are choices we can make. Okay. Um, what is? Uh, it's amazing that we are talking so much about closets, but I, I think that's. Gosh, I'm really realizing that I do spend a lot of time staring at my closet, and that you're really well, right. That does slow you down. 
I also think we're in the age of um, it's so easy to get things on sale, right? And we have tons of options where you can get five of the same shirts in different colors and it's on sale. J. Crew just has a sale. Da, da, da. You know, there's sales going on all the time. So that's a reason why we a lot you know, of time of our time is spent in closets because um, people buy. It's easy to buy. You can get everything online, delivered to your door the next day. Um, and then I think people, you know, feel good, don't feel good as women. You know, we mostly work with women um, and a lot of people are into what they wear and how they present themselves and all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of the last thing that people want to deal with, yet it's the first thing that they see every morning and probably one of the last things they see every night. So how do you function better when you go into your closet? It's like a room that you're going to go into or a space that you're going to go into every single day, probably once and twice a day for most people, if not more. Do, do people ever... I mean, because I think for me, like, you're, as you're saying this, I'm like, she's right, she's right, she's right. And truthfully, I wear, like, workout clothes almost every day. Mm -hmm. And they're like... They're, and they're probably like the crummiest of all my clothes. I'm like, why is why is the the eighty percent that I'm wearing or the twenty percent that I'm wearing eighty percent of the time the junkiest stuff I own? And then these beautiful dresses that get worn once every two years, or in the case of the rehearsal dinner dress, once every decade. But um, you know, why is that in prime real estate? And why is that what I'm spending all my money on? It's really interesting when you put it that way. But do you ever? I think it's like I'm scared to get rid of these things. Like it's that question hanging over your head, like. What if I need it? And I right. move from, you know, upstate New York, upstate Michigan, and I live in Phoenix, Arizona. The amount of incredibly warm sweaters and coats I own that I just never wear. But it's like, well, what if we go on vacation? What if it's cold one day? Yeah, what do you have to say about that? People ever yeah, I mean, I get that. Yes. I wore suits every day for, you know, for a long time um, in D.C. and law firms and, and all around here. And then I went to have my business and I do wear exercise clothing <laughs> on a daily basis and or a dress if I'm presenting or whatever. But I have all these suits. I'm like, they are beautiful suits. I spent a lot of money on them. Forget about my heels. That alone is, you know, a small fortune. And oh, and then I had kids and my foot grew a half an inch. And so it's like, what do you do with all that oh. stuff? And Delightful. so um, it's money, but it's taking up space in my closet. Um, and I had to let go of them. I had to say, I only, I don't need 10 suits. I can keep one black one for funerals or places I right, have to a go funeral to a suit, suit. Exactly. and then another one, right? Because literally it is taking up space in my closet and dust. And so the sooner I get rid of them, the probably the more money I can probably get for them because they won't be so out of date and be 10 years old. Um, and so I let go of them. I got some money for the, some things and things that weren't in great condition. I got the tax write off because again, it's holding stuff that for the what if one day and what if one day you go you know to Alaska are you really going to care carry five <laughs> ten sweaters in your suitcase um versus <sighs> does that make sense and so yeah, I think it's like, but it is hard it is hard it is hard have to do tonight <laughs> because I think people maybe who are listening are thinking about particular pieces like yes. I have some really strange stuff in my closet like my my poncho that I specifically wear on um Cinco de Mayo. Yes. And 
I really like my poncho. <laughs> Keep your poncho. Keep your poncho, but don't have it front and center. The poncho you know? stays, everybody. <laughs> Keep the poncho. Um, and oh, then, I like I mean, Thank you, Rachel. You're welcome. Freedom to do that. And I'm not saying get rid of your stuff. And I am not. There are some people that live, you know, with capsule wardrobes and they have 10 pieces and they rotate the pieces. I personally couldn't do that. Although I feel like I do that anyway, even though I'm not supposed to be. I, I'm not a minimalist uh, by far. But I am sort of a realist and a person that wants to function. I don't want, I have to make a hundred decisions on a daily basis for myself, for my business, for my family, all that. I don't want to have being in my closet, taking more time than it needs to and going through the stuff that is absolutely, truly clutter in my closet. Um, I wonder if an experiment, what it would be like if we just late took seven days and just laid out my clothes and I didn't have to make any decisions for seven days. If I almost did it that way, I might try that and see see what happens. Yeah. See what happens. Will you save time? Is it frustration? You know, it's like with my kids, I'm like, lay out your outfit the night before. I mean, I used to do that before high school because we had to wake up so early. I used to always lay out my clothes the night before and I don't do that anymore, but it made life so much easier. It's simple. It's harder to do than, you know, for little kids, I think, in practice, but try it. I mean, I don't know. It's just having less, it's less decisions um, and it just makes life easier. Tips and tricks, hit us with it. Do you have anything we're missing? I'm sure we've talked so much about closets. And I know. I, I'm sorry we're focusing on yeah, closets. We can move on. We, no. Yeah. We actually, I, I don't want to leave closets, but can we move to a different closet? Yes. I have, um, my linen closet is just a disaster. Okay. Why yes. do I have so many sheets? Should I save them? Like, okay. I don't, know. I don't know what to do here. You are not and alone. Towels. Like I have yes, towels. Of towels and half my towels. I will say, I have to really look at it and stop and say like, wait, is this a cleaning rag? Oh no, that's a hand towel. Right. But yeah. I'm half like, of mine have bleached corners and, oh, and yeah, my and towels are nasty looking. Keep some of them because you do need some rags. But if you have shelves and shelves of rags, again, it's the same thing. Look at them and say... Rags that I'm using to clean my body, you mean? Those, exactly. With the ones with the holes in them? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think for that, it's a big thing is categorizing it. So we go into people's homes all the time and they're like, oh, those are the sheets from the twin bed, but we don't have a twin bed anymore. And then I would look at them and say, well, then why are we keeping the twin? And it's like, oh, right. Because, and see, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what people are thinking because this is what's going through my mind and I, yes. I know you're right Rachel and I'm wrong but I'm like well what if my child goes to summer camp someday or he right. goes to you know some like whatever schmalarky lark or he goes to a sleepover and we need to like pack petting you know yes. what do we do we're not prepared it's this keep survivalist them, keep them. yes I get it but you don't need 17 of them right, right. and so exactly. categorize those with the ones that you are using for the beds on a daily basis and a label goes a long way some people love them some people hate them you don't have to use them but but if there's anyone else in that linen closet besides you, um, I say a linen is great because, or a, a label is great because then you can say, okay, great. These are the ones that go on the guest bed. These are the ones that go on Mar bed. These are the blah, 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 blah. And you can just kind of categorize it and see it. And then again, notice and take notice of which towels are you using and which linens are you using. If there are four sets of you know sheets for a king bed and you're not even going to touch the other two, I would say to myself, those aren't getting used for camp. Maybe they are, but probably not. So can we get rid of them um, and give them 
donation or whatever. Or like, here's a good proxy for me. I found myself sniffing my towels and washcloths (laughs) before I use them because some of them almost have like a built-in mildew smell that I can't seem to get rid of. How about I just sniff them all and throw out the ones that don't seem to be clean and I could just use the sniff (laughs) test. Don't pass the smell test? I mean, it's like, but you know, I'm sure people do silly stuff like this all the time. All the time. All the time. I'm outing myself, but you know what? I'm sure a lot of people have kind of just gradui towels that you think, okay, well, if I put this on the steam cycle, it'll finally come clean. But the it'll truth come is, back to life. It'll yeah. re, reinvigorate itself. And the truth is it won't. My towels are not going to be reinvigorated. No. Um, and then a lot of people have linen, um, extra toilet paper or medicine. And so people's linen closets have interfilled or other things that are cluttered. So again, can you make sure that all the children's medicine is not on the lower shelf so they can reach it, but it is categorized in, you know, a bin or something that's on a shelf that's, you know, not accessible to kids. Can you put all of your, I don't know, laundry things or first aid supplies or whatever it is, but everything's sort of in one place so that you can know, oh, we're run- we ran out of toilet paper. Here's where I would go to see where the extras are. Because people spend a lot of money and effort running around their house, not finding what they can't find, going out to the store, buying it, coming home, and then finding what they actually needed two days later and yes okay case in point I just bought two new things of aluminum foil yesterday at Target because I was convinced we didn't have any and I came home and we already had two extra things I hate when I do that it drives me crazy it's Um, it's but I just forgot that I had stocked up on aluminum foil having a spot for everything in your house makes a huge amount of difference for saving time saving money saving frustration and then it's the hard stuff that doesn't have a spot that comes into your house is when again it gets tricky but if you have a spot for all all the batteries, all the light bulbs, all the toilet paper, that kind of stuff, because you know you're going to use that all around the house at all points, all your tinfoil, you know, Ziploc bag, whatever it is, find a home for it, know that it goes there, and then when you need to go get more, you're going to say, okay, all of our toilet paper is gone, we can see that it's physically gone, it goes onto the list for going to the grocery store. How do you feel about, you kind of mentioned stations. Um, Well, that's a good point. One place for everything. So I was just thinking about my house. I think we've talked about this before on the show. It's kind of a spread out, long ranch style home. Um, And I found myself having to make stations, right? Because I was in the Mm -hmm. kitchen and I had to change a diaper. So how do you feel about that? What's your thought? Like, you know, I had a toy station up front and kind of a toy station in our bedroom type thing. I love it. I think that is an amazing thing. And I create them all the time for people. Again, it's just making it functional. So you know that your toys are right here. The diaper changing stations right here. People have them multiple places, different floors of their house. I have identical twins. We had a split level. Um, I needed to not have diapering just on the third level. I needed somewhere on that first level. And so I just had a few diapers, wipes, that kind of stuff. But it was all sort of categorized. So I knew this is what was in this system. It's just trying to make you your life simpler you know and and function better but I'm a big proponent of stations um I think they help make life less chaotic function and form that's what you'll find here on the home hour making life better (laughs) we don't have I know we don't have too much time with you but I really wanted to before you left just because this is going to be um airing right around back to school time can we talk about back to school organization because I know that's something you're really into and I know that that sort of I feel like back to school is almost like New Year's resolutions for moms it's like this is the year we're going to do this like you know back to school is just such a good motivator so let's talk about that if you 
if we okay that's actually a great segue because stations it is all about stations for back to school so um, we did a segment of, uh, about a year ago with the Washington Post and they came to our house and they're like how do you function for back to school because I'm with you I think all the time back to school is like we're going to do it this year we're going to get organized we're going to start off on the right foot so stations for back to school think about your fridge are things that you want or your pantry make sure it is set up so that the kids can access what you want them to access I'm a big believer in, in trying to empower kids to make their own lunch even if it's just grab something out of the you know fridge have fruit accessible that sort of thing but set it up so it's easy access nothing with the top on it they can just grab it set that up so that making lunches is easier. Are the lunch boxes in a place where you can find them, the kids can reach them, that kind of thing. So that's sort of your make lunch, make a snack sort of station, make everything easier. Then you got to think about getting out the door. Where are our backpacks? You know, backpacks, kids that go to school probably have a hook. You know, if you don't have a hook that's accessible, that's okay. They go to a, you know, container Happy. store, a hardware store. Yeah, exactly. Um, or you can get a removable um, hook somewhere for $3. Have a cubby, have a basket. Where can they drop their shoes if you take your shoes off in your house? Where can their backpack be so that every day they know, this is where I put my backpack when I come home. This is where I fill my backpack before I go to school. Are there anything else like library books or lunchbox, things that need to get out of the house? I would put that all sort of in the station, whether you have a front hall, a mud room, that sort of thing. Think about are you exiting and entering the house and create a sort of station there for those types of things. Um, and then think about a homework station. You know, um, even homework for a kindergartner is not very big, but you have a few supplies. Maybe it's a few pieces of paper, some markers, some pencils, an eraser. Is there a place where you do your homework? Is it the kitchen table? For most people that we work with, it's the kitchen table. And so is there something like a caddy? Um, which we used in this uh, thing that we did with the Washington Post. Is there a caddy that you can transfer to the kitchen table, use the supplies that you need to do your homework with, and then bring it back and put it somewhere else where it needs to go when dinner, um, you know, when it comes time to dinner? Um, are you set up, uh, have your kids have a little station in their, do they have a desk in their room? Is it full of the supplies? Are they accessible for what they need to do for older kids? Um, again, it's just thinking about what are the things that you need to function and, and and, you know, prosper <laughs> during So school. you're saying that caboodle that I stored away from the 90s that used to hold my hair scrunchies <laughs> that I put up in the attic for some day when my children need a place to hold their markers is going to be making a return. It is. I want <laughs> to see it. Off, yes. Wipe it out. You the need it. caboodle's back, baby. <laughs> I, I think they're great. We're I think like the Lisa Frank covered caboodle. I'm sure you're yes. just going to love whatever pink caboodle you picked. I mean, it does not have to be expensive. You know, people get Ziploc tubs, put a few markers in it, but it doesn't have to be something fancy. If you want it to be, absolutely go for it and have it match or do whatever, but it does not have to be something very expensive to function better. And I think it is all about the systems when it is back to school. Paper is going to start coming into your door once again. I mean, we're only in July, but back to school, like coming into your thing uh, back to school time. And you just have to figure out what do you do 
do with all that paper. There's stuff that you got to save. There's stuff that you got to nicely recycle into the recycling bin. And there's stuff that you have to sign, you know, to go back into the bag. So what's the system for, are your children the ones emptying their backpack? Are you emptying the backpack? Is there a space in your kitchen, a mudroom, that kind of thing where you're unloading your backpack, having the papers go, and they're not going to die. (laughs) They are, you know, going to their final resting place, even if that's in the recycling bin. But how do you get there? And not in the stealth dark of night when I throw out half of my children's artwork. Um, <laughs> you can. Bring. I'm very juried about their art selection. Um, but anyway, Rachel, thank you yeah. so much for your time. And we just have learned a ton. And also, I kind of feel like we've made a new friend. So don't be surprised if we show up in your hood and we're like, Rachel, remember that awesome podcast? Do you want to go um, to lunch? Uh, uh, I would love it. Fun. I would love it. Or we start sending yeah, pictures of our closet. Please do. I mean, all the time. Where where can Bill find you? Because I know that you also have a lot of, you're obviously in Bethesda, but you also have a lot of online resources. Um, Yes. So people who aren't located by you could also... um, could also get some help from you. Uh, tell us, tell us. Okay, so we are obviously online. Um, we are on Instagram a lot, so I want everyone to come on over there. It's Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L-A-N-D, Comp, C-O-M-P, so Rachel and Comp. And then we're online. We have um, we work, obviously, all over the D.C. area with people as professional organizers and do travel, but then we have a ton of online classes, and we're actually starting one for back to school, so um, people should go online and find us, and that is on our website, which is uh, www.rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L hyphen company, the word company, C-O-M-P-A-N-Y dot com. Um, so great segue to back to school because we're actually putting an online class together for moms on how you get organized for back to school. Because That's neat. fantastic. I love it. Yeah. You, yeah. Awesome. You've given us some great tips. Well, so thank, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so sure. much for having me. You've given me a lot of homework when I go <laughs> take a look at some of And these, don't do it by yourself. Some of these I, sweaters. You guys should get together if you can or bring a friend or anyone who is not emotionally attached to your, to your own stuff because um, it, it goes a lot faster <laughs> and it's a lot more fun. So. And you'll always love, love those friends idea. who say those shoes are scuzzy. They have to go. I mean, that's when you know you have a good friend. You could that's say that's a true friend. That's a true friend. I mean, you need those. So I'm going to talk one day on the podcast about everything I learned growing up shopping at Lowman's. Um, I think that's really an important piece, a tidbit. All right, Rachel, thanks for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Just wanted to thank you again for listening. And really, if you wouldn't mind doing us a favor and leaving us a review on iTunes, we so hope you're enjoying the show. Kirsten and I are really trying to put a lot of effort into it. If you're not already following us on Instagram, we're at the home hour. If you wouldn't mind, send us an email. We love to hear what you think, what you want to hear about. We've had some great emails from listeners lately that we're actually going to turn into shows. So we do listen. We answer every single email. That's hello at the home hour.com. And if we just would love love any of your reviews or feedback because it helps us grow and get better. So thanks again. And as always, welcome home.